Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. I'm Samuel Money, and I'm joined by Chris Lawson. Say hello to the audience, Chris. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Hey, audience. Um, this week, we're going to go a bit deeper into some of the topics that were raised by last week's episode, a great interview with Minter Dial. Mm. And we're going to go deeper into some of the themes you raised and how we see it. Minter, Minter Dial, he's a professional speaker, a storyteller, a consultant and veteran exec. He had a 16-year prof- high-profile career at L'Oreal. And I was a guest on his podcast back in 2019. And I enjoyed that. He's a charismatic and a fascinating guy. He's been podcasting for decades now. And as many of our guests, he's just got a great LinkedIn um, headline. It's inspiring because he says he's a keynote speaker, an MC. Uh, E-M-C-E-E, not not a rapper, but someone who just uh, comes across so well through audio. He's an author, a podcaster, and an elevator, as he describes himself. Mm. I think of him as a, a renaissance man. He's been in at least 12 professions, uh, someone who's just able to reinvent themselves and also the mindset to try their hands at many things, be it writing, broadcasting, music, entrepreneurial adventures. He's worked in the zoo and an aquarium. He's been a tennis pro, teaching pro rather, an investment banker, pots and pan salesman. And a couple of years ago, I got an invite to see his film. Yes, he's also a film producer. Um, he's written a book and a documentary called The Last Ring Home, a very personal story of his grandfather and the relationship his grandfather had with Minter's father and the experiences his grandfather had during World War II. You have to check out the interview with him last week because his range of experience is truly, truly rich. He's a charismatic guy, wasn't he, Sam? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a thinker who's thinking ahead, thinking forward about the modern principles. And he's written a number of books, one of them, Artificial Empathy, Getting Heart into Business and Artificial Intelligence. That captured my imagination. There's a point in there that he says, you know, makes that striving to understand others when we're trying to do empathy, right? When you're striving to, striving to understand others, that doesn't mean agreeing with them or giving into them. Selfishly, it's about learning and expanding your own horizons. And that was just, that thought has just stayed with me. That belief has stayed with me. And then we spoke at length uh, about his latest book, which is called You Lead, How Being Yourself Makes You a Better Leader. And ultimately, it's about being in touch and being bold about the changes, including you know, your career, rejecting the rose-tinted glasses of the, all the rules that you've perhaps been, you know, thought you had to follow and about being authentic. And with all this in mind, he has a refreshing take on leadership and the impact on doing it um, and also the people you're leading. There's a quote, he says, leadership sucks. We have 70% of employees um, stating that they feel unengaged at work. It's just so wrong. He, I feel that the issue is that we are so forced to put on a persona, wear a tie, and be somebody else. Yeah, that, that's a that's a statement and a half, isn't it? And yeah, leadership sucks. It's a it's a bold statement, I think. But he does back it up uh, in the interview, and and I think what is at the essence of his career and that leadership style is that he so he talks a lot about how without self expression, without being able or being prepared to show more of yourself, then you're not delivering a good, authentic leadership experience. Um, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, clearly we, we chose Minter because we were inspired by him and, and hope that our audience mm-hmm. will get a lot out of it as well. And the other leaders we follow are the ones that put their all into it. And, right. and that means their all as well. You know, that's, that's uh, every single part of themselves. 
Um, and we did, we covered a lot of ground with Minter and, and we had to edit it down considerably, which is a real shame, but hopefully we can we can go back over it and bring some more to life. But there's also a parallel to marketing there, which I think he sort of gets into and we cover as well. Of course, you're going to edit it down and show the best bits, but that's not real life as well. So, so how do you get away from this sort of glossy image that we sometimes try to get across with marketing or leadership and be authentic and, and heartfelt at the same time? There's another quote he, he shared, or he wasn't quoting himself, but I picked up from what he said. It's really, it's about bringing elements of you in and understanding that. You, of course, have the secret garden and private stuff that needs to be kept private. But so often it's because we have some private stuff or secret garden that we're not prepared to share anything that's personal, even like our sense of humor. And you need to find your path within that and understand that. So there's this tension between bringing your whole self and putting yourself first versus what the company expects or, you know, letting the company dominate you and, and your own personality and, and your, your standpoints. And there's an important role for setting the right boundaries and the balance of having autonomy and the ability to control what you do versus like that feeling of being imposed upon. And now more than ever, it's, it's leading to a lot of anxiety and stress in, in the workplace and spilling into personal life. And in episode 31 of, of our show, we talked about human first, digital second, and that the risk of an overemphasis and overinvestment in the tech versus actually developing and growing and investing in people. And as we're thinking about this, this, this dilemma, this challenge, we're sort of researching this versus simply giving our own opinions. And not to get too academic, I started reading a dissertation I found online by Heather Cavis on self-expression in the workplace. And some of the nuggets are, so, hey, self-expression helps you get joy and happiness in spite of any unfavorable conditions. It's a source of inspiration by expressing yourself, con contributes to your, you know, realizing your potential and desires and self-learning and increases self-esteem. Mm. So there are clear positives in doing that. And a lot of companies now, thinking from their perspective, they claim, hey, we're a people-first culture. And you get a sense that that's really happening in, at Unilever. They have this new social contract of work led by Lena Nair, the chief HR officer. And I strongly recommend you to check out what Unilever are up to. There's, there's some efforts they're putting into ensuring that, you know, purpose is at the core of what employees do, investing in them, in them now and ongoing, training and upskilling people, but in a flexible way, and equipping millions of young people with essential skills for the job. And so they've made commitments to say that by 2025, they're going to reskill or upskill employees so they have a future fit skill set. They're going to pioneer employment models so that their people have access to flexible employment options by 2030. And then they're going to help equip 10 million young people with essential skills to prepare them for job opportunities by 2030. I really like that, Sam. It feels like a fresh approach, which is good. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, 10 years goals that put New skills bang center for young people mm -hmm. sounds absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, something we'll we touch on a little bit later as well. And, and, and look, let's face it, self-expression has been embraced in some areas for years. Mm -hmm. You think about creative industries, you think mm -hmm. about copywriters and designers or editors or journalists, but also in gaming as well and developers uh, yeah, it's really interesting. There's little nods of self-expression, little mm. ways that people will be demonstrating their craft. 
And it's more difficult now, I think, to pick up on that self-expression when we're working remotely. And I think that will be a challenge going forward. I think we've all felt that, that we've all felt the drain of being just another face in another square in a Zoom call. And if you think about that, you think the the ways that we used to sort of self-express, those small details, wearing a piece of clothing that you particularly means something to you, um, you know, even just down to that sort of yelling frustration at, at TV, cross the road at traffic or at work or whatever it may well be, and and using body language, either mm. consciously or unconsciously, that tells you how someone feels or, or is feeling or whether, you know, they're trying to make themselves look taller or smaller or how it is. A lot of these ways are lost when we're staring at a Zoom call all the time. And and I think it is fascinating to think how that will change in the future as well. Yeah, it's definitely opportunity as, as we return back to more of in-person culture, noticing how body language is, is so critical when you're communicating and most, you know, 60% or whatever the number is that high um, of, of communication comes through tone, expression, body language, mm. and not actually the words we say. Words matter, but um, human beings being present with other human beings matters a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a theme we've we've talked about over the series a lot. You know, in number 34, it was all about modern marketers lead with compassion and strength. And then we moved it on in terms of thinking about how do you role model modern leadership mm. and what that is and about the fact that you need to reset, redefine success and take a step back and, and think mm. how you're going to respond before you mm-hmm. respond but mm-hmm. making sure you show up. And that was about showing up, using that phrase to represent the whole of you rather than just a part of you right? and trying to bring that diverse team around. Uh, so so this is something which we were just really pleased when we were talking to Minter is, is what he embodies really, isn't it? Yeah, he gets it. He, he's passionate about it and he's advocating about it. And especially, you know, guys talking about feelings, emotions and empathy, empathy of all. And all these things traditionally or stereotypically, it's been something that men have not been good at or said to be not good at. So to to actually be sharing these deeper personal stories and and um, things that are going on personally as well as professionally, it's encouraging that you know men are starting to open up and role model the positive aspects of, of leadership. Yeah, and there was this point in the podcast where he was saying that it didn't matter how many people listened to his podcast; he wanted it to start with a good one to one conversation. Mm so that his guests got something out of it. And right. that even if it was only them listening to it, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it was worth doing. And I thought that was a really, really important point because actually he's saying, well, my audience is the other person on the end of the, um, the yeah. podcast. And yeah. and that, of course, is about the power of listening uh, and such an important skill. And, mm-hmm. and I honestly think when I talk about role modeling leadership, And I'm going to put it out there. The most important thing you can do to role model leadership is to learn how to listen. And Mm. uh, I think that's the number one skill. And there's a psychologist called Carol Rogers who has done a a lot of work in this area. And she talks about how active listening is a specific communication skill, which is all about giving that free, undivided attention to the speaker and letting that be the how you can change and how you can evolve. But the mm. fact that actually it's, it's so rarely taught well, if at, if at all. Uh, and I was sort of looking at some stats on this and 85% of what we have learned is through listening, first of all. 
Um, so the talking, the reading, uh, it's actually about that listening that's important. Mm-hmm. But we know, and uh, you know, it's one of those sort of classic things you go through in presentation training, that a lot of the time we're, we're distracted, preoccupied, and after listening to someone talk, we immediately only recall about 50% of it. Uh, and, what did you, what, sorry, Chris, what did you just say? Uh, well, actually, Sam, don't worry about it because, uh, you know, it's irrelevant anyway, yeah. Sorry, that was a, that was a joke. That was a joke, listeners. That was a joke. <laughs> a bad British joke. <laughs> Sam, Sam, if it was a bad British joke, then no, it's going to come from you. <laughs> but an hour later, we remember less than 20% of what we heard. But the point there is that less mm. than 2% of the population has had a formal education on how to listen. And, and I thought that's just a staggering fact. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good fact, isn't it? All the management courses that you go to or throughout your career, very rarely is it about listening. Mm. And the thing that Minter brought us back to, I said, and it's a lesson to us all, is that stories have to be engaging to make you want to listen as well. And, and that's the second aspect of role modeling good leadership, I think. It's about engagement. And that means responding, reacting, and interacting. Why is all of this important? Well, you, you look at it, you're back to your point about the training up versus the, the young people and sort of the, the skills. 63% of millennials believe their leadership skills are not being fully developed. Yet we know that by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be made up of millennials. Uh, mm. So... You know, we've got to get our act together on this with on-the-job training, I think. And we talked about, way back now, episode 16, about unleashing hidden value, how you can link that back into what is leadership. And, and that value is about so creating value out of leadership, which is about good listening, allowing employees to use self-expression. And if you can continue to let your leadership evolve, then your employees will get a greater amount out of it in the future. So, so again, banging on a, a theme that is dear to our heart, but I think the, the most important thing is that when you look at it, we have to focus on this area of role model leadership. Yeah, and as you can tell, this is supposed to be a marketing transformation podcast series, but this, this leadership and the role modeling and, and doing it in an empathetic way and showing up and being authentic, all of that stuff is part and parcel of being successful in transforming and doing marketing well. And I'll talk a bit more about the, the listening and developing that, that um, later on. And, and as we're doing this, as we're thinking about, okay, how to actively role model and who to look to, um, there's a great quote by Jacinda Ardern, the, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And I, there's another quote I know say but as this one stood out to me even more it takes courage and strength to be empathetic and I'm very proudly an empathetic and compassionate leader I'm trying to chart a different path and and that will attract criticism but I can only be true to myself and the form of leadership I believe in and she said that in a BBC interview a few years ago and 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 that for me is just again great to see that that type of leadership her role modeling her leadership is being revered admired and and you know, emphasized and advocated across the world and not just in New Zealand but for all leaders to follow yeah that's that's a great quote sam simply put but again just really sort of the essence of what we're talking about here so if we want to shamelessly plug Minter's book, You Lead, um, 
there's a section in there that he talks about the check mindset and check is an acronym for curiosity, humility, empathy, courage, and karmic. And his view is that these are components of leading with authenticity and a key enabler to leading in the right way. And it's about self-awareness and the ability to open up. And he, there's a line he shared um, from, a, from another book by a, a guy called Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life. And it's about humility. It's, uh, and humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but instead it's think of ourselves less. Mm. And I love that. Not thinking less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it, it's a habit that um, <laughs> I've hopefully broken. I might have said it in one of the shows before, of saying, if you say something like, in my humble opinion, or you've seen the abbreviation used by the kids out there, IMHO, but of course, if you need to prefix what you say with IMHO, then clearly what comes next cannot be humble. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, to say. be honest, Sam, I think you've completely <laughs> failed on that one. So carry on, move on. So listen, when we think about the leaders that I've admired, they've been skilled communicators and they're advocates of improving communication as the, as the gateway to success. There's so many, there's five generations in the workforce and there's big discussions of can they work together, how to get your boomers and your Gen Zs and everyone on the same page despite very different styles. And how we communicate, collaborate and connect with our multi-generational colleagues is key. And of course we can work together. It's simply just to be more mindful empathetic and patient with fellow human beings we can all be that we can all do that the world today is just full of so many barriers and biases that constrain communication and i've seen throughout my career how miscommunication or misunderstanding and or disagreements can be the difference between success and failure uh, at the work we do so for marketers digital transformation has moved this to something that is a t on the to-do list. It's a necessity, it's above the to-do list. Uh, and the pandemic has obviously accelerated the, the, the rapid pace of change and it's, it's transformed the customer, consumer and shopper beliefs and behaviors and, and you know, what they're looking for, how they research and how they communicate. So you've really got to do this, do this really well. And, and as we think about another area of, of doing that well, that leads to the concept or the idea of just honest storytelling and we talked about storytelling a number of times. And stories are the power right, to inspire your customers and consumers into action without actually needing to directly influence or sell. You're trying to inspire them. And by honest storytelling, there's an example of a brand I think was on a high uh, and now under huge scrutiny. And that check mindset, I think, fits really well. And if you can think of a, the, the brand is called Peloton. And they're the, the athletic equipment brand. they known for their cycle. Um, they've been lauded for not needing marketing or advertising during the pandemic. They were experiencing high demand and actually some supply chain issues to actually keep up with demand because everyone's been buying their, their bikes and their treadmills. But they've had to recall their tread and tread plus treadmills. Fortunately, after the death of a child and around at least 70 reports of injuries. The problem for them is that kind of they were resistant to re doing the recall and, it, and they've had to apologize and promise to work more closely with the Consumer Product Safety Commission in the US. And this is where you have to communicate openly, transparently, and humbly about what went wrong. And so for me, it's they've got to start on a path to rebuild trust by role modeling safety. You've had all these issues and incidents and people being killed. Safety has to be your, your brand manifesto, the rally call behind that. You've got to connect with people where they are now and really understand with empathy what they're here, what you're hearing and what they're feeling. And 
My push to Peloton is to do it in an authentic way so that customers can tell their own stories of safety. Spend time to gather the customer's story and their true struggles, their needs, their goals. So it's the customer or the consumer absolutely and resolutely has to be the hero mm. of the story. So not the brand, it's about the customer. And they've, you know, we've been trained as marketers to advocate for the brand. And so we kind of need to sometimes unlearn that skill and understand deeply. It's about truly listening with empathy, compassion, and then inspire your, um, your, your audience. But it's got to be through the lens of the customer. And that's why I love helping marketers because we, we, tra- we train them on how to tell stories that connect and inspire with the customers. And we do that at CI Squared. And we actually start off by helping people learn how to listen. We've been given a brain, but not really instruction. So quieting the brain and just truly listening with empathy is, is key. And we train our, um, our customers on how to build and tell stories that are relevant and resonate with the customer. And we teach you how to communicate more effectively with your colleagues and agencies to work more productively. And so I love doing that work. So Chris, you, yep, you think we'd made the case, you've made the case, I've made the case, Minter's made the case, and it's proven, but there's still contrarian views out there. And so in my not so humble opinion, um, the CMO of, of Yum, Yum Brands, I think KFC is one of the brands he's responsible for, Ken Munch, he makes for me an out of touch argument that brand purpose is not marketing and says marketers shouldn't use purpose as a way of defining their brand or marketing it. And for me, it, you'll never truly under- connect with your you know, employees or your audiences or understand them or even inspire your, your employees and customers if, you're, if you limit the sole role of, of marketing, i.e. the job of marketers or the purpose of marketing is to make money. That's just so limiting. And, and legacy brands can't ignore purpose and stand idly by as their customers and stakeholders switch to challenger brands and startups that, that shape and share better stories. And so my, my record to Ken, um, you know, at Yum Brands, the CMO there, is just research the B corporations like Ben & Jerry's or BrewDog. There's a Saxby's is a coffee chain in in, in the US, Patagonia, there's inspiration and evidence of what the thriving modern business and what marketing world is becoming. And there's just so much evidence, an abundance of evidence that, that purpose matters. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, and it doesn't have to be big global brands as well. Uh, a lot of the work that I'm doing with a sort of startup scale up community, and a lot of it is tech companies as well, where they're going, well, how does this apply to me? You know, I, I produce a, you know, a software. Um, for a for a business use, and actually it, it does apply because there, there's a, you know an angle that is important from a personal pers- perspective. So recycling technology, for instance, trying to create a lower carbon footprint by actually finding ways to recycle technology, I think is a is a good example of someone that I'm working with at the moment. So you just gotta you just gotta look for it, I think. And uh, mm. again, that's that's where I get my passion from. That's my why. It's mm. it's understanding that you don't have to have a you know army of resources or multi millions in the bank. Mm. You you can make this work if you um, look for it. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. And I'll go I'll go next and share share sort of my mission as well. It's Simply put, it's to put people before the PL. And I have this unwavering belief in the infinite abilities of people. And behind that, there's communication is key. It's effective communication is critical to unleashing people's full potential and also fulfilling, you know, the business growth. And I've I've been part of the problem. I've been part of hierarchies where 
senior lead members like myself, we didn't really value or listen to the opinions of other team members who had good, better information to help us actually course correct. Despite how hard they, they were trying, they weren't listened to as we launched products that were rejected by customers or ignored by consumers and had to be recalled or we've lost money on them. And it, the problem with doing it this way is it impacts morale negatively. It constrains productivity. It erodes trust. The trust just, just gets wiped out. And it has a negative drain on the P&L. So we know that employees are unfulfilled at work and leaders fail to address the problem because they don't realize how serious it is. Research shows that 50% of millennials and 75% of Gen Zs have quit a job for mental health reasons, including anxiety and stress that their, their jobs cause. So leaders who don't invest in their employees won't retain them. And growth, I truly believe, comes from upskilling and reskilling people to be fit for their future of work. So my greatest passion is helping people unleash their creativity and discover their, their potential. And that's why I'm so proud to be doing the work as, as a managing partner at CI Squared, because we believe that human connection is the key to unlocking productivity and we teach you how to prevent miscommunication and, and misunderstanding. That's a good place I think to end this session actually Sam. Um, but before we do of course we need to get the three key takeouts and reflections. So the three things this week are firstly purpose absolutely does matter. The evidence is abundant and the research is out there. Secondly learn how to listen you'll be surprised how critical and fundamental that is to being a great leader, to being an effective leader and role model. And thirdly, bring all of yourself to work. Own your authenticity at work and know that, yes, you may be taking a risk, but being authentic is including and doing that. Good stuff, Sam. Can't argue with any of those. So next week, we're talking to Alan Adamson, our final guest in the series. And he's co-founder, managing partner of Metaforce and a real industry expert on all disciplines of branding. And he's worked with a real broad spectrum of consumer corporate businesses from packaged goods and tech to healthcare and financial services, hospitality, entertainment, you name it, basically. And what we're going to do, we're going to be discussing the challenge of balancing theory versus real world practices that actually work for brands, doing purpose, bringing it to life and the idea of routine disruption, which I really love. So it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, some really juicy subjects there, which are perhaps more marketing centric, but link back and throughout this overall season five. Thanks for staying with us, audience. We're really enjoying it and really looking forward to next week. And so, without further ado, have a great week across the pond. So if you're an entrepreneur, rising star or CMO looking for new ideas, find us at marketingtransform.com and on Spotify, Apple, Google and all good podcast platforms.